Welcome to Monolithic, the podcast, where we explore diversity within Black experiences. I am Aaliyah Janae, and this episode, we are going to talk about an important topic, was integration worth it? And of course, you know how to bring back my good, good friend. Chaos is here as the special guest, and you ready for this topic? Most definitely. (laughs) I'm ready to talk about this all week. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's get into it. And so I know, like, I want to say this and give a disclaimer out. Like, I know we live in a quote-unquote privileged time where, you know, people have fought for us for certain things. But this is from our perspective. This is how we see the world. And I hope you all continue this conversation at a later date. Also, we know that um, there's pros and cons to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, no, everybody's not going to agree about every single thing. So I wanted to say that first before we get started. And so chaos, you know, I got one question for you. Did integration hurt or help the Black community? Personally, yeah, I know a lot of people aren't going to actually agree with this, but I think that integration actually hurt the Black community in a lot of different ways, because as we were seeking the end of the civil rights movement or whatever you want to call it because I don't think that actually stopped but we were getting more powerful when it came to political structure within our own communities we had the black liberation movement which is basically the black panthers but it was uninfiltrated at the time we had started having our own schools that were like esteemed schools that were actually on a competitive level and then with that, we had to give in our culture. We had to, what we always end up having to do, we have to sacrifice our culture and open our gates up to everyone else. And I think that that messed up a lot of, I, I don't like to usually be on the side of nationalism because I think patriotism often breeds like war and it breeds like a lot of the negative traits that you get out of humans. But I believe that at the time, black nationalism would have been a very important, a very important foundation for what came after that, because we may have not had a crack epidemic without, like not a true epidemic, because the power within the community would have been strong enough to handle something like that. And I think that a lot of that power came from, we lost a lot of that power, actually, just from being open and more trusting of like white people and like the people, our oppressors. No, for real. Thank you for your point about us, like having to share our culture. Um, And I really think that sometimes when I think about integration, it felt like we thought white equaled better or quality. Even if we didn't like outright say it, it felt like it was implied. And again, I don't know what it's like to feel like, oh, I can't go a place. Like nobody wants to be told no right? Period. Nobody wants to be restricted. But at the same time, it kind of felt like, were we fighting for quality? Or were we fighting for like white validation? You know what I mean? Like, um, and that's something that kind of bothers me. Like, again, there's this like, codependent relationship that I think Black Americans and white Americans have on each other. Like, white people can thrive without the labor the 
the labor, the all the negative things of, of Black people, they can't thrive. But then also on the flip side, it's like, there's moments where I feel like we internalize like that victim mentality and to feel like we can't do anything without their approval or without their guidance or, you know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I think all of that comes with um, basically living around and living with your conquerors. Oh. So, like that mindset, it's the same as Stockholm syndrome. Exactly. Like you're sitting there and you're thinking, there's no way that this person isn't better than me because they conquered my people. So then with that, you're thinking, what can I do to be more like my conqueror? Because that person obviously has leadership qualities. This isn't something that we ever will say out our mouths ever, because right. we wouldn't give them that type of credit just because even slaves, they were like, man, Massa ain't, Massa ain't shit. You know, the Bulldogs makes fun of it, stuff like that. But like, I think that one of the biggest things that kind of bred this almost inferiority complex was the fact that we kind of live under our conquerors. And we often just like look to our oppressors like that was the, they were the superpower. Even when we were going against Russia in the world wars and going against Vietnam, see us losing the Vietnam war, I think that was like the biggest eye opener Cause then you had even white patriots who were coming back to America, like, man, it's kind of trash over here. We're not as powerful as we've flown ourselves off to be. Mm -hmm. I even think about um, how we always want to create something black, like, oh, the black dot dot dot, instead of creating our own stuff. Why do we have to create a black aerial? Or, you know, like all these princesses, like we just don't create our own. Like we don't need this approval. And it is like, when I think about like liberation and freedom, I have to ask myself, like, do we truly, truly want that? Or do we want just um, the same access as white people and specifically white men? I think we just wanna, we wanna, we want the idea of it. Mm. We wanna actually like have the idea that this country love us loves us we want to have the idea that we can celebrate fourth of july and like literally all everyone be celebrating the same thing we want to we want that unified idea because that's the propaganda that they fed us mm. but that unification idea completely strips you of your culture that melting pot idea of america completely strips them of their culture they're okay with it because they actually were able to create beyond england's culture Right, British. We, yes, they were able to create American culture from that, but we're realizing that we're sacrificing our culture into American culture and we're not reaping any of the benefits. That's one of the biggest problems with integration. In integrated schools, you'll have a extremely intelligent black student who ends up getting paired with a regular mediocre white student in that's how, that's how slingshot them. But then you'll have schools like the school we came from where it'll literally, you'll have this breeding ground for a lot of intelligent and a lot of idealist black students and scholars. Right. And then you'll literally get hit with government like intervention. You'll get hit with political activism against us. Mm -hmm. That made no sense that people were like literally marching 
against us. And yeah, I remember. I remember it wasn't being even in, like white people. It was our own people. It who was were our like own this. people. Yeah, I remember this speaking out about Like that's ridiculous, but that's that comes with like that conquered mindset. They feel like not teaching the black parts of American history. They feel like being being taken that not getting that. They feel like they were able to like. I guess live with or be more okay with just being that almost subhuman, that three-fifths. They they were they settle for it because the part of histories that they learn, it never got past that. Martin Luther King, they look at him like a lot of people don't know that his family was well off. Martin Luther King had good money, and that's why he was able to do the things and move how he moved. Cause a Martin Luther King that didn't have money would have probably ended up more like Malcolm. And then they don't tell the story. Of, they only tell the story of Malcolm and like the violence and like, oh, he used to pimp and he was, mm -hmm. he came out of jail and all of this. But I think Malcolm is one of the best stories of how a man can change. And yeah, like- Evolution and growth. Oh yeah, grow their thought process. Cause I feel like almost every year that he was active, his mind was in a different place. He, um, he was heavily for black nationalism. So he realized the detriment that some of that caused. He never really got all the way on board with integration, but it was just like his idea of growing the community. It went from let's grow the community within America to let's grow the community within the world. Right. And I think that that type of unification, see if there was a worldwide kind of unification that didn't involve religion, I think that that type of integration would be good for us. But outside of that, every time that, especially I'll say black people, cause I can't speak on anyone else, but when someone's building a power for themselves in their own communities, there's those outside conqueror communities that always, they, they want a piece of it. The French, Portuguese, the Europeans, just different outside communities that are just known for conquering other communities. It's like even Russians and Chinese and the Chinese, there is all of these that are historically known to conquer the states and the countries outside of them. And they're usually the ones to come in when they see a community become affluent. Let's see what we could pull out of that. They saw all of the gold in Africa, all of the oil and resources in Africa. They were like, okay, they're starting to become affluent and they can realize the value of the stuff under them. They can realize the value of the things around them if all of them are in a position of education to be able to realize that. Mm -hmm. So come in and they take that from you and they make you workers. All right, you go and you fetch this for me. So then you look up to them like, all right, we have to give this to them. So then we can get our food and our we can pay our bills when literally what you're doing for them will pay your bills and then some. You can buy the country twice over. Yeah, I think it's a mind thing. Like we have to reclaim and decolonize our mind and how we see things. And I don't think that we realize how much we have internalized white fragility. I don't even like calling it white supremacy anymore because like you had to murder lie and steal to get what you got you know um and so it's not a it's not a supremacy you know you don't steal from people who uh who don't have something that you want 
right? I'm not about to steal from somebody who don't have, if we both got nothing, I'm not stealing from somebody who don't have nothing. I'm gonna steal from somebody who I think has something, right? And I don't think we, a lot of times put that into words or we don't realize it. And so I just really, sometimes I just, I get frustrated sometimes, but then I have to realize like, okay, you know what? We got to do baby steps because we are not that far away from integration. Like some of our parents or grandparents and, you know, dealt with segregation and all of that. And so what we can say we're one generation out, two generations out. And so it's, it's always tough for me because I'm like, dang, when I look at a date, I'm like, okay, what was my, my grandma doing or dealing with? What was my parents dealing with? What were my older aunts, uncles, older cousins dealing with at that time? And it's just fighting to be seen. And like, that's important. But I'm also like, why do you want to be seen by these people? One of my um, main things that bothered me about integration was actually the fact that it was like, okay, now we're in this, we're in this area with them. And we see this as better. So we left everything that we have behind or like we leave cultures that we and created behind. Are we not about to like sit here and act like we didn't have our own communities and that they didn't come in bombing. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> Cause when we start to realize, oh, we got our own, like that's where Tulsa and, and Rosewood and so many other communities that we don't even get to learn and hear about, right? But as soon as they started to see we were self-sufficient and not dependent on them, here, here's a bomb. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. That, all that stuff started happening. And so it's like, again, to me, it goes back to that codependent relationship. They cannot thrive with us being self-sufficient. We have to be codependent on them so then they can spoon feed us little things. And so that's why when I think about history, I really don't like things like Black History Month or us having been spoon-fed information because if you start from slavery every yes everything else looks like progression if you start from slavery yeah for sure but if you don't sure. but we don't always go back people don't know about Mansa Musa people don't know about hell even if we were just talking about con conquerors and one of the most like brutal conquerors of all time was black Hannibal of Carthage Literally almost every war, like every book about war started or like pins back to him. Sun Tzu cites him. Like all of the, it's even, even the conquer, I did the idea of conquering and um, the idea of even manifest destiny comes from our culture, which is, it, it backfired because they took that too seriously. And they took that as like, you know, the religious, it's always something religious, you know, like, like that. I feel like religion, the, one of the biggest issues with it is it has the power to move people to violence and move people to conquer, feel like they have reasoning. Yeah, because how else can you justify? Exactly. All right. And I think another thing we have to realize is that, you know how like you are fighting with somebody who doesn't have the same mind and morals as you, right? We can talk about like, yes, again, there's always exceptions to rules, but like the general thought of like us practicing my yacht, like, you know, like there are certain, like a code of ethics that we have. That's crazy because just, <laughs> just this week, this had to have been like two or three days ago. I was like, 
Black people, given the same exact circumstances, probably would not have even conquered the world. And I asked everybody in the room, I was like, I wish there was one white person in the room just to see what he would say. Because I was, I asked them all, like, if you were in a position to where you can take over this planet and have white slaves, would you want them? Because again, we are dealing with um, people with two different minds, two different values. And we also have to remember that um, they always came in as friends first. Yeah. Because what, what are the, you know, that saying, um, Keep your enemies. enemies yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep your enemies close. So they're studying us, becoming our friends, and we're you know accepting everybody. We're teaching. We're like you know we're really embracing people, and we didn't realize how evil and demonic the, a lot of the these indigenous people, people are. could have extinct every British person here before disease, before anything. They were literally teaching them to live off the land. Without that, they would not have. They See, wouldn't Okay, so this is a little bit off topic, but I really wanted to share that I have a problem with present day sustainability. And like, I used to be a champion for it. And like, I still do. And yes, we also need to do our part, but I feel like indigenous peoples have always lived on, understood and valued the land. Like non-sustainable practices didn't occur until colonization and imperialism. So when people start talking about, oh, the sustainable, we want to be where we are without them being greedy and just you know just trying to just greed just greed trying to yeah. take over you, this is a, a little bit even more off topic did you hear about the um you know bill gates owns i think two-thirds oh, i want to talk about him let's move but, on <laughs> <to> segregation <laughs> i don't I, I don't want to literally put agent orange in the crops and was paying i seen something they were paying farmers to burn their crops and I don't know too much about sustainability. I'm not gonna act like I'm a champion for it. I, 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 I love the planet, but I know that like half of the stuff that we do is a carbon footprint. Definitely. But I definitely know burning the crops is not a good idea in the middle of a food shortage. So yeah, that's beside the point and probably a little bit beyond the point. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes we gotta take it there to come back, you know, like, cause that's how, conversations happen you can't just like oh we're gonna talk about this because then you say something's gonna spark an idea you gotta keep the ball rolling okay but let's go a little bit let's come back to the present so we talked about the past a little bit is there anything else you wanted to add from the past really quick before we move to the present i think that was it i think i got that idea pretty much okay so moving to the present day you know where we are where we existing and living I will say thriving, but teach his own. <laughs> right. I can't complain. I get to be an entrepreneur for a living. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, oh, okay. So do you think that segregation has like ended? Or do you think um it just changed the players and sometimes a little bit of the game? Um, I think that segregation just it changed the players. It's actually, I think everything is pretty much the exact same. They just pulled the signs down. We um, naturally, with that mentality that came from being conquered, I believe we naturally segregate ourselves. We naturally like grow to have a fear of white people and white establishments, so we stay away from that. And they bred that to make sure that we stay away from that. That's how you have sundown towns. We have different different situations okay. that you can fall into. Zoning. Yep, zoning. Redlining. Redlining. 
literally up. See, we here. Redlining, all of that stuff. Even just like how they zoned the schools back in Kansas City. Like the schools in Kansas City, you know, you had like your certain schools that were closer to independence and like all of those, those were typically more, more the white students would end up there. And then you had ours, the inner city schools, where it was like, even if you weren't, there were people from Kansas going to our school. That was ridiculous, but it was just because of, I'm pretty sure their parents were more comfortable sending them to ACE is sending them to somewhere in Lee Summit. And I can't blame them. You, you, you kind of breed a different type of person from what you put them through. So like, if we were all going to like, if we all just went to predominantly white schools, we wouldn't have the revolutionaries and like the ideals that we have. We wouldn't have the culture that we have because we'd be trying to, those people blend in the culture. And that's one of the issues with integration. Assimilate. Yeah, assimilate is the better the better word for it. Yes. One of the biggest issues with integration is the culture begins to assimilate and then things that are definitively our culture becomes gray area. Mm -hmm. And with that, that's where the whole world of mess comes in because then you have black people, fishing. Yeah, black <laughs> fishing, girls running around with braids and hair like ours, and it's like no, you, you you can't do this. It, and if they do, what it look like? It look like what? Um, Rich fingers. Rich. <laughs> like you can't do this. And then even the braids and the makeup techniques. I won't even just get into like the makeup types or the skin like changing. The techniques of makeup mm -hmm. come from us. The and like you won't see that. Just like a black girl that goes to a predominantly white school in a predominantly white area, nine times out of 10 can't braid her hair. Can't like season her chicken. Okay, time out though, because I can't really braid right now either. <laughs> but I know what you but, mean. <laughs> but that's okay, because you know how to style your natural hair. That's facts. This is the hair that you've had since I've known you. So you know how to do a lot of, I've seen you do a lot of different stuff with your hair. True. I'm talking about people like I can retwist my hair on my own. I can't braid for can't braid a lick, but I can't get. I used to date out of my race every now and then. I I knew that I couldn't settle. I stopped dating out of my race because I knew that I couldn't settle with somebody who's not gonna understand the stuff that I go through on a daily basis, even when it comes to like something simple like washing my hair. Right. Like I had girls who wash their hair every day and they wonder why I wouldn't. And I'm like, that's crazy. I would never, I wouldn't even get my hair wet every day. Period. No, like, I always think that. I always tell people, like, I don't get upset. I think I just have like an understanding part of me that really knows like whoever you are in close proximity with, that is who you're going to choose to date. That is who you have access to. So if you're one of few at a predominantly white school, who else are you going to date? And that's not making an excuse, but to me, especially when it's like early on, right. like early on in development, because now at this point, I have more of a tour. I choose more who I date, like literally right. I'll go to the other side of the country to date a girl that I like. But I'm not going to like settle. I'm not going to sit here and like be like, oh, I'm going to date this white girl at Georgia State. That's I'm selling myself short in the city of Atlanta. 
even just trying that. There's no point in me trying that. There's no point in, I don't get any benefit from hopping in bed with my conquerors, but I can't spit at anyone who does because they might have a different, they might have a different outlook on what it's like or what the benefits of that is. I don't see any benefits in that type of family structure, but they might. They might think it opens them to, they might be bred to think it opens them to opportunity. They might feel like, you know, they might just be trying to get in bed with them just because their parents have like certain trust funds, things that we don't get set up with a lot of times. So like, it's a, it's a new world. I can't blame people for wanting it. I can just say that I don't want it for me and I, my kids are gonna be black and that's, a, that's if I have kids, they're going to be black. That's that's as simple as it can be. It's just funny to me because I know I've said it on this podcast before, but I think whoever you date is who you value. Mm-hmm. And because you're not about to just date any old body just for the sake of it. There's something about them that you're attracted to that draws you to them. And personally, I don't know what that could be for me and anybody else outside of a black man. I don't even think I even know enough white people today. <laughs> like, I don't even know where to find these. I could never put somebody, I could never put somebody who isn't a black woman on a pedestal like that. And I don't know exactly why. I just know that's how I am now. I wasn't always like that because, you know, I've had, I've dated other women outside of my race, even almost thought that I'd marry one. But then I get older. I start to feel it's less about who I'm around. Like, oh, I go to school with her. Uh, it's less about that and more about who I am and who actually would be there for me if being who I am. So like my most radical revolutionary side knows for a fact that he can't date. I'm not even talking about white women when I say someone out of my race. Cause like, that's not even, like, that's like the, that's the never gonna happen. I'm not into white people, so it just wouldn't happen. I don't, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see myself attracted to that. So a lot of times I I can't, I can't relate to a lot of people who like, you know, stayed out of their race and feel like that's okay. And like, you know, not, not like it's not okay. And I don't know how to really put that, but just like, it's just not, not for me. Yeah, not for you. And like another thing as a community, I just feel like if you're going to date somebody outside your race, just date them. Don't compare them to nobody else. Don't try to, like you said, put them on a pedestal. Just date that person and be happy. Don't try to prove your relationship to people and prove, oh, you know how to do my hair. I don't care. Looking for validation outside of anywhere but yourself is the issue everywhere. That's the issue with integration. That's the issue with religion that's the issue like when you're looking for validate when you need someone to validate anything that you're doing that that's when issues arise like everything that you do is a choice of your own and everything that you do is like a reflection of you so if you're looking for validation for your reflection that's a powerful statement yeah i kind of want to end it there but i got another question because i like that saying Oh, we could jump back. Nah, I'm gonna leave it there. Nah, I'm gonna rewind. I'm, I'm gonna just real quick. Um, even with the question of like, did the players change? I feel like now there's different types of like segregation. It's not always racial. 
it's yeah. all you know we live in a capitalistic society so it always has to be a them versus this it's always either red or blue left or right this or that it's always that and i feel like segregation just continues to to thrive I think they painted as so black and white or so polar just because they know that most people fall in the middle on the spectrum, as they say nowadays. Oh, that's true. So they're gonna argue. Everybody's mm-hmm. gonna argue just about how polar they are. Mm-hmm. But there, there's no agreeing points on either polar side. It's exactly. like it's like let's see how let's see how much of this we can make one person believe to make him argue with. A little bit of stuff that the other person doesn't believe and if they're arguing then we can do whatever we want we literally can control them if they're not thinking about the stuff that we're doing and like the things that we're inflicting on them if we're able to go in plain sight and do all of the stuff drop laws change things from right up under us make us do certain stuff that we wouldn't normally do you know if they're if they're able to do that just by making us argue. They're gonna make us argue about everything. So that's what they do. All righty, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your perspective with us. Listeners, I hope you heard something that kind of intrigued you. And so let's keep the conversation going on our Instagram at monolithic underscore the podcast. And I wanna say thank you all for listening. Um, We will continue to talk about was integration worth it? I have to say it like that because this is a serious topic, you know. Um, please stay tuned for future episodes. Chaos, you got anything you want to say and close out? Um, I appreciate you for having me. Um, new music coming soon, of course, for anybody who knows me for that, you know. And I, I can't wait to come back. Yes, we're going to come back. I'm going to keep bringing you back as long as you want to come, you know. So I'm going to always be there. So for sure, always hit me up because these topics need somebody to speak on them. And I feel like I one of the main reasons why I'm in music is just to get my voice and like the opinions and like the things that I learn out. Like right. it's a lot of stuff that I know that I feel like I was disenfranchised to not know as my as a younger me. Like it right. was like, wow, I wish somebody would have told me about that, even if it's not as deep as like race and some some just certain small things you know like things in the music industry things that I learned from being a college graduate things that I learned from almost not going to college like I I almost didn't go at all it was just a lot that like I could have told younger me so I feel like younger me is somewhere out there listening to this podcast and they need it same here same here all righty thank you all for listening to monolithic the podcast We'll be in touch soon. Peace and gratitude.